Welcome to Screen Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist who was telling me I had bipolar. I was sent home with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using loud music as a form of therapy. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. For some people, music is just background noise on the commute to work, or the elevator ride to the soul-sucking office job. But for punks, music is so much more. Danny Hernandez is part of the Venezuelan musical collective Zeta. Leaving their country several years ago with only their instruments on their backs, the members of Zeta set up headquarters in Florida. The group has been exploring the transformative power of music for the better part of two decades, and hope people who listen to their music are able to rediscover themselves with kindness and compassion. Not your typical punk band by any stretch. Zeta use music for healing and discovery. If you're thinking this is going to be a heavy discussion, it's not really, mostly because the themes Danny talks about are so universal. For us, music isn't casual listening. Music is life-changing and life-defining. It's a pathway to our souls. Okay, maybe it's going to get a little bit heavy, but in a good way. Danny from the band Zeta, originally from Venezuela. And we're here to talk a little bit about our long history. You've used music as a, as a way of finding solace over the years, playing guitar and going down into your room and having that as a way to really work through your demons and your things that you've gone through over the years, playing music as a way to, to escape. Well, since very little, I felt something special with music and with instruments. I was like a little kid the first time that I played my first guitar, I was eight years old. And when I was a little kid and I started school, they call my mother and they say like, oh my God, this kid, you know, it's like, he has this problem with deficit attention. In the Spanish it's deficit attention. Yeah, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is the kind of the new way of saying it, ADHD. Yeah. So, you know, they made me like go again for for the same course and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes I think that people that get this condition, I think sometimes I, I you think to myself that we just put so much attention in what really captures us, you know, and, and what really like get our attention, you know, probably I was in like putting like a lot of attention on mathematics or different stuff. But yeah, the, the music since the beginning, it was something that kind of like luck with me, you know, it was my first steps into finding what will later in the years becomes in my 
my main thing, my everything, just like find myself and build to myself like a safe space in music, starting just by myself, getting like six, seven hours, just locking my room, playing all the songs that I knew, bunch of like Nirvana songs and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm gonna be there like rocking for hours. So yeah, that was like my very early start. Actually, that was my eight years old, nine, 10, and just about 12 years old is when we start Seta. I was 12 years old, like a year before I met Juanchi, which is my best friend for life. And that's what we call each other, like brothers, because we grew up like sibling. From that moment where we met, we kind of like see something into each other that we just been like working and growing through all the years. And of course, you know, it's like thing it's a big part of what Seta means, you know, like that feeling of friendship, that family that we start building 20 years ago on that little town called Lecheria in Venezuela, South America, has been a beautiful journey full of ups and downs full of a lot of joy, but also a lot of sacrifice, especially I'll say the last six, seven years when we start going to Colombia and going back, going to Argentina and coming back, going to all these like South American countries, you know, and going back to Venezuela, we came to the United States and we went back. But one time we just came in and we never came back. 100% our choice? No. We were trying to just find a place where we can build a new headquarter, like a new foundation, like a new place that we can call home because we were trying to look for a place where we will be able to just get in and out anytime we can because back in Venezuela, everything was like going down so hard that it started affecting our touring schedule. So what was it like? leaving your home, being able to, to start new somewhere else as well. Well, imagine that you go out for a two-week tour and you never came back. That turned into a big issue after so many years. And even like a little time before when we, we never planned like, okay, let's go to the United States and let's go there. You know, like most of the people, they plan ahead, like, I'm going to move to this place, I'm going to send this, I'm selling that, I'm taking this. We just wear like with bags and one guitar. We were like not ready at all for that, you know, because it was not on the plans. One of the things that I found really interesting, just talking about how when someone's sad or depressed, how the music can lift them up. And that's definitely the case for me over the years, being in depression and then trying to find a way to get out of that depression. Music has always been there for me. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I have so many thoughts about it. The first one, I really believe in like these vibrations that we're all made out of little particles that are always like vibing and moving around. And I truly believe like music affect that directly. Imagine that we're like a, all these bunch of like particles moving and the music can affect them and make them move in a way that probably makes you feel better or worse. Especially when you're listening to music that has a lyric that you feel can reflect in the lyric or even like music that is sounding 
I don't know if you ever heard that every person, uh, we have a vibration that goes with one note in specific. Every person has like a one note that is like your note that really like bang, straight in the, in the spot. Also music and history has been always used for doing rituals, therapies, sessions, you know, because from my perspective, music is so, some kind of magic, you know. Musical instruments for me are like weapons, weapons that you have to fight all these kind of situations, all these kind of conditions, all these kind of feelings, thoughts, that will get you going or will get you sitting in a spot and feeling that you can not do anything. For me, music is so, so special. It's so big. It's so like something that you can feel, you can hear, but you can't see, but you can like open like windows and worlds through music. And there's this idea of transformation as well, taking an aspect of your life and coming through the other side with new perspective especially with music like Zeta, where it's there's a lot to heal with and have therapy with. Probably because it's the thing that we've been doing the most for so many years, you know, it's so many hours, so many days, so many sessions. I truly believe that spending so many hours and time into music will open doors. You want to experiment, you want to like try that. It could be like a meditation just playing your instrument and it's something that 20 years later one of like my favorite things like personal you know like this guitar that i have here this beautiful guitar Somos la lucha, somos las manos, somos las voces de todos los que callaron. Somos la idea de una victoria que fue escondida y sepultada en tu memoria. Somos la luz de todos tus días, si nos juntamos ya no somos minoría. Nunca creímos en tu sistema y resistimos. Ya no hay chance, ya no hay chance, ya no hay chance para que nos quiten la libertad. It's not only to be playing, it's just to being able to play with people that I love, for people that I'm loving make music and feel like, okay, uh, it's not my country and it's not my house and it's not my, the, the family that I came into the world with, but it's the people that I choose and the life that I choose to live. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of sacrifice. Going back to childhood, you talked earlier about how you had a hard time with school and that you were sort of singled out with having attention deficit. Do you remember what that felt like, being labeled like that? Did it affect your childhood? I will say definitely, because all, I remember all these teachers that they were all always like on top of me. You know, like they, they're going to be like, why you can't just shut up? 
because I used to talk a lot. I'm a talker. I love to talk. I love the bonding. It's so natural. It's so human. And we have the power to make us feel better. I always been like a guy that like, likes to talk. And I remember that I was a big problem in school because they were so like, you can, you know, you don't put attention in the class. You're just like, whatever, you know, if a fly just, then I start bringing the guitar to the school. So that's when everything like was like, oh my God, they stopped allowing me to bring the guitar to the school because I'm going to be like, I just, I just want to play. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of work's been done around this idea of attention deficit, which at the time was left at that as far as being described, but they've talked about attention deficit hyperactivity. And the stuff that I've read and heard about is that it's not necessarily a lack of attention. It's more like too much attention. And so because you can't focus, there's this hyper focus, which can switch to bad focus or, or no focus. So the guitar would be the hyper focus, really getting in there and learning and... Exactly. And to level, to put a label on somebody, it's so, like you say, so, how to say, like problematic. We're always changing. And it's hard when you go to a doctor and they say, like, you have this and that and this, you know, because some people just like, okay, this is what I am. This is what I have. And probably at the same time that you're accepting and that might give you like some peace or relief because now you know what's going on, but then you're going to like get married with that situation, with that condition. My friend and my jogi, Manuel, my, my yoga um, guide and teacher, and he has like 12 years being like a yoga teacher. But before that, he graduated as a psychologist in the best university in Venezuela. And he was like, you know, I went through all of that. And then I was like, I don't like this. You know, I don't like to go and tell people that they have this illness and just like send them home. Because in my personal opinion, I think that we as human can go farther than that, can break that barrier and change completely. So, yeah, I definitely think that I have that hyper focus on the stuff that I, that it gets me, my band thing and my mythic thing. You know, sometimes I, I think like, okay, uh, at what point I'm like obsessed with this, you know, <laughs> at what point I, this is like an obsession and I turn all my life and I change everything just to be able to go and play. How I adjust all my life and all the persons involved and all my close ones to be like, hey, this is what I am. This is what I do. I'm wondering if maybe there's a sensitivity there. I know for me, I feel like I was looking for something to soothe me and to make me feel better and to give me therapy. And it was it was the music. I guess it was like a lot of anger, probably wanting to express myself, you know, because when I see this and I'm now that we're talking about it, I have to think and go back in the, in the time and, and see all of that. Yeah, we were growing in this small town where we somehow we started getting rejected by the music that we were listening to it, by the way that we were dressing, by the way that we were looking, and definitely sensitivity about it as humans, as not judge the music for, because it has some screams or because it has some loud guitars. I was looking for that screaming. I was looking for that texture. I was looking for that. <sighs> Imagine that we just walk outside right now and we start screaming, no matter what. That's a therapy. 
that's like we just sit down and laugh or we sit down right now and we just cried a lot so probably you have something there you know what for for example for you what gets you into music what were you looking for what what was the first band that told you like oh wow this is this is my thing do you remember that I do. There's a couple of things. When I was quite young, I found music. I was looking for something to help with my pain that I was going through around childhood abuse. And so I did find music and it was just the typical 80s pop stuff. They used to have this album called Mini Pops, which was these these songs that were popular songs that were sung by kids. It was on KTEL Records. So you'd hear songs like John Cooper, Mellon Camp, or Tina Turner, but it's sang by these kids with really high-pitched vocals. <laughs> so that was my very first introduction. But on the other side, as far as finding music that I got, that, that I understood and had the vernacular that I wanted to have, was Black Sabbath. So hearing them for the first time, wow. the heaviness and the, wouldn't call Ozzy screaming, but the sort of soaring vocals. And so that was my first really influential, life-changing experience with music. For me, it was similar, but I, I'm a little younger than that so i didn't get straight to black sabbath i had this the only musician that i have in my family and no one tried like to do the professional music career but but i had this cousin that he was into punk rock and then he he was more into a dj okay so i remember that i was come to his house and he will like show me all the stuff all the instruments the turntables and all of that. So all the rock stuff, he was like living kind of like behind it. And that's when I came in and I started like, he was like, oh, you want that? Just take it and take all these CDs and take <laughs> Wow. The first time he gave me just cassettes and, you know, I was like listening to the cassettes. And then it was the first time that I listened to the Deftones and I listened to Nirvana and I listened to more like Inner Cycle and, uh, and Aerosmith. Yeah, Aerosmith. <laughs> I remember that I had all this music, but I never listened to something like that before. I was like running around and playing around, you know, and then this other cousin came like, hey, take this, you know, and I was like playing with my Mickey Mouse t-shirt. Like I was like eight years old, you know, he gave me all this like stuff. I started listening to it and I was like, wow, this is dope. I like this. And I started like getting more stuff from him. And then I play the bass for the first time. It was his bass. He gave me a bass and I started like playing. I was say, wow, I want this. It's interesting, the trajectory of how people find music and where it goes and, and how extreme it goes. Some folks will find Black Sabbath and then they get into Led Zeppelin and they listen to hard rock their whole lives. Some folks like me will find Black Sabbath, then Metallica, then Slayer, then punk rock, then hardcore. Yeah. Bands like Converge are just totally noisy. I listen to Black Sabbath. Of course, I knew about it after all of this happened, maybe my 14, 15 years old, but never got into it until I was like 25 and I was listening, you know, the albums again. I was like, wow, this is so good. Like these guys were rocking so hard, you know, like my approach, I came through, you know, Nirvana and Deftones and all did like that, that music that was like that grunge and kind of like new metal wave of the 90s and 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh we kind of like follow that path and at some point we always feel very attracted 
by experimental sounds and experimental music. And, you know, we were always like, we have this thing with the music. Why not try to, you know, leave our contribution to it? Let's try to like mix those sounds and try to like create our own sound. So, you know, because it's something that it's like to see it like in a, in a big perspective, you know, we as humans, we're so one day we are here and one, one day we're not. What would be the words to something that is so, you know, they can disappear. In Spanish, the word, it's going to be fugaz. That almost sounds like Fugazi, <laughs> the band Fugazi. Uh, like a shooting star, you know, that is like, okay. for us, always has been like building. This is going to be our, nuestra obra de arte. La obra, how to say that in English? This is our, mm, what we're building, you know, this fusion where we're grabbing like these sounds and we want to mix it with this and, you know, and also bring the Spanish. But then you're forcing the audience to understand you through music before they, they understand you through what you're singing. That's challenging, but we just decide to run that path. Just because we, we believe so much in music as the universal language, everybody can talk their language, all of this together to collide in something harmonious. You and I, when we were young, we found music and it helped us. It, for me, it gave me therapy. It helped me in some ways to, to survive. And even in later in life, you know, it, it kept a lot of my mental health issues under control and, and helped me to be, to feel safe. When you think about that and you think about younger people listening to your music and maybe getting the same thing out of it that I got out of music when I was younger, how does that make you feel knowing there are people out there that are receiving therapy from Zeta? Every time that I get these messages of people telling us thank you for the music, for the words. That means the world for me. Yes, because that's what we've been working and building through music to create these sounds and this music for the people who will, who's looking for it. And, and if you find it, if you resonate, it's because it's for you. So that's one of the most beautiful things that, uh, at least for me, you know, the people that get to connect to our music. For us, it's like, it's more than that because Seta is a project that has so many time and so many love, so many friends, so many people involved. It's like an entity that next year it will turn 20 years old. So it's like, you know, if we'll be a person, it's already a person that can walk and think and do everything by, by themselves, you know? So I'm grateful. I'm definitely grateful to be part of this and extremely grateful with everyone that can find some relief in our music. I love you. There you go. So I hope you enjoy it as, as I enjoy to play it and to create it, even when I know I'm not making like the most commercial or like working on this bar and this experiment. I really liked what you said about people that have a diagnosis and how they can be married to that and how it can become part of their identity. And I was very much that when I was diagnosed because I didn't know how else to deal with it. So I gave myself this label and talked about it a lot. It was very open about it. But I'm getting to the point in my life now where I really need to just see the human 
And, you know, I still deal with living with bipolar. I still deal with living with uh, attention deficit hyperactivity. Like I've got these things going. But the way that I feel now is they are part of me. They shape my life. They shape my world. But they're not these forces that can be driving me. And, and they're not in charge. And I think that's important. Like you said, you can never be in the same place. You've got to transform. You've got to adapt and change. And picture that it's something like it happens physically. Our hair change, our nose and our ears never cease growing, you know? So why should we think that our brain is not doing the same? There is something else that we, that we can change, that we can, that we can improve. That was my conversation with Danny Hernandez of Zeta. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Screen Therapy. I'm coming to you from Powell River, a small coastal town in British Columbia, Canada, on the traditional territory of the Klohomin Nation. Doing this podcast and talking to other folks living with mental health challenges has been a huge part of my journey. It means the world to me that you're out there listening. You can sign up for my newsletter and find more episodes at ScreamTherapyHQ.com. That's ScreamTherapyHQ.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Let's talk punk and mental health. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, take care and be well. Be well.